Welcome to Lacrosse and Sport, the show for the fastest game on two feet. Brought to you by Vieira Lacrosse and Sport, Central Florida's premier center for the finest lacrosse equipment, apparel, and training. Now, here are your hosts, Roger Welton and Steve Jordan. Hello, Lax and sport lovers. I'm Steve Jordan, and with me always is my great friend and partner, Roger Welton. How you doing, Rog? Doing great, Steve. I'm really excited about our talk tonight because it just kind of flowed out of nowhere. Why don't you just key our listeners into how we just kind of – I actually had this, this topic that I really wanted to talk about, and I was going to bring up with you, and then all of a sudden we're just chatting, and boom, you found our topic. Can you, can you kind of explain that for a moment? Yeah, you know, just real quickly, uh, Roger and I, typically before we get on the podcast, we just chat and catch up uh, personally and professionally and just start to uh, brainstorm and where and how we're going to go into the podcast. And he started telling me a story about a retreat that he was just on for his other business, his veterinary practice. And he was inspired by some of the teachings and coachings there, and he was explaining some of it. And I stopped him in his tracks and I said, you know what, Roger? What you're telling me now just doesn't only apply to your veterinary practice, but it applies to coaching. And it doesn't matter what kind of coaching it is, whether you're a cross coach or football coach or a basketball coach, swim coach, any type of coaching, it's applicable. So I want you to tell us your story and your experience there, Raj, and then we're going to tie it into uh, lacrosse and sport. Awesome. Thank you for that. So it's, it's interesting because the, the place I was just at or the company that I hired as a consulting firm to to better my connection to my clients and my patients, it's called Practice Coach, of all things. Practice right, Coach yeah, is a company. <laughs> How about that? Go, right? And, 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 and yeah, so, so those of you who don't know, my, my, my other life when I'm not doing lacrosse, what actually pays my bills, I'm a practicing veterinarian. And, and I'm not going to go through the whole three-day you know, project or process that I was, I was engaged in, but this is the bottom line. He explained to us, those of us that were in the room, or one of the uh, experts explained, and he's a marketing guy. He's not a veterinarian even, but he's very in tune with our field. And he says, you know, people come to you for your judgment. People come to you because of your expertise. They're there because they want you to recommend. And we're so sensitive in veterinary medicine. We're, we're so sensitive to, to, to people's cost concerns because that's who we are. We're empathetic people. We're compassionate people, and we want to do everything we can for that pet. We feel bad to charge even, but we do have businesses to run. And the bottom line is that he's just said, I want you to repeat after me. I recommend. I recommend. And we all do that. And he says, repeat this. And I also recommend. And, and, and that is okay as long as it's packaged in the right way. Number one, to be welcoming. Number two, to not be shy of your expertise. And number three, to not be shy to recommend. And I think that probably very much applies to what you do, Steve, because people seek you from all over, not just the state of California, all over the country, even all over the world for your expertise. And, and that is so true. And, you know, when you were telling me your story, I have felt a relatedness to that as well, because, you know, I am giving somebody a recommendation and sometimes what I even call is a prescription. And the reason why I call it a prescription in my field, although it's not a prescription of a drug or uh, I'm not a doctor, and I know that there is a gray area there. But when you hear the word prescription, it sounds more meaningful. It has more juice. And I know that people will follow that other than sometimes just a recommendation or a suggestion, right? Don't you hear, don't you hear the difference even in just that, in that word, Raj? 
I do. I do. There's, there's, there's more, there is more power behind your prescription. You think of something that is something you must adhere to to get better, whether it's get better from sickness or get better from complacency or whatever aspect of your life you need to improve in. Exactly. So I've stepped outside of uh, what you know, some others in my industry might consider uh, not, not right that you shouldn't prescribe, but I, I'm all about it. And I think that you know, when we coach – we're prescribing the uh, participants in, in whatever sport we're coaching, whether it be lacrosse or swimming or basketball, the same type of drills, the same type of thoughts or processes or anything that's going to help them be better. This is a prescription. It's a recommendation like what your coach at your uh, seminar suggested is used to you as well. So I find that, you know, that there's so many different ways of approaching coaching, but, you know, I find that the people who are most successful are those that, again, have those same type of uh, attributes that you attributed to before. You know, you have to be, you have to be pleasant, you have to be friendly, you have to be approachable. Uh, two, you have to be, you have to, you know, make sure that you are an authority, right? You have to practice what you preach almost, and you have to be empathetic. And then three, you have to recommend and you got to be confident in that recommendation or in that prescription and know that that is what's going to get that person from A to B with efficiency and success. Would you agree? Wholeheartedly. And I think a a third component to that or fourth, I'm not sure if you were on three or four, (laughs) but (laughs) another component to that. I think you have to be open to the feedback of your, in my case, in veterinary client, patient slash patient. In the case of my players, as a lacrosse coach, my players. Perfect example. I'm putting in, so oh, our first tournament's this Sunday. Our first big tournament. We are, awesome. we, got, we, drew, we got a tough draw. We got the Palm Beach Revolution, studs. We got the Creeks, studs, and we got the Florida Extreme. That's our three, three game draw. And, it, you know, if you want to be the best, you got to play the best. This, these are the best teams in the state of Florida. Very exciting. The season starts Sunday. So I'm putting, I'm trying to put in, I'm trying to bring this division. This is the oldest division. There are the eighth graders of the class of 2021. And I'm trying to bring in a higher level of ball than this club has ever seen because I think they're ready. And here I am putting in a man up scheme, one they were very, very comfortable with. Very, very comfortable with because we did it in the fall as well. And I, you know, I run a 3 3. We never did this in when we played in high school, 3-3, it's kind of a more modern variation. There's nobody at X. You got three mm. across and three across. Anyway, and then I, I craft that into certain kind of cuts in movement, and then that it morphs into a 2-3, which then we can run a couple of different plays off of. So won't bore you with the details. So the, the boys are comfortable with that. They like it. It works for them. Well, I introduce a 3-1-2 wheel, which won't get into the major details of that, but it requires constant rotation and constant passing backwards. If you remember Ridgewood, New Jersey, oh, yeah. they used to they run the wheel. They were great at that. Oh, they, yeah. It was they were awesome, awesome at the wheel. It's, be- it's beautiful to watch. It's, it, it's, it's, it it's very it's aesthetically pleasing. You know, yeah. for, an, for a fan base, it's one of the most – it's one of the coolest things to watch. Yeah. And as a defense, it right. sucks to defend if it's done right. Right. You remember right. the wheel. They did it perfectly. Yeah. Um, and so I'm trying to put it in. They're kind of pulling it off. Their body language is just really bad. And I just ter- brought them all in. I said, boys, what's the problem? You don't like this, I can tell. They're like, coach, it's just really weird. I'm like, all right, we'll give it a chance. We introduced it. We'll try it again. 
can you believe three practices later they're still not liking it? They're, it's just not a fit for this group. And they said, we love our 3-3 three, three to 2-3 in three the buttercup play and this play and that play. It's awesome. It makes sense, Coach. This is just... This is just not us. <laughs> you know what yeah. I you know what I said? Yeah, I, said uh, I said, you know what, totally. boys? I gotta take your feedback. I respect those boys. They're fourteen and fifteen year olds, but I respect them for having the courage to tell me that. You know, and, and so we scrapped it. <laughs> it's, not, it's not gonna happen. So feedback I think on it's that, great. Steve, I, as a as a trainer? Yeah, for sure. I get clients often that, you know, are doing something and they don't want to do it because of one thing or another. Um or, you know, some little voices they'd be like, Oh, I don't like this and sometimes they don't like it because it hurts or it's not fun or it's too strenuous. And as a really great coach, you know when they're slacking and they don't want to do it because they're slacking or they're trying to, you know, just they're trying to get past it or it actually really doesn't agree with their bodies. Like everybody has limitations physically. Not everybody's meant to do everything. I don't believe that one size fits all. And that's really important in coaching is knowing when and where to remove or implement something, you know, even in that feedback that might be negative. So, uh, you know, I think you have to be aware of as a coach and really in tune to your players um, or your students, you know, that's, that's an important, important attribute to have. So, yeah, I think this is all really awesome, you know, and you've been inspired for your business, but I know that it's going to have, a greater impact in your coaching. And I'm inspired because it's just going to make me a little bit more aware. Just the conversation that we're having today is going to make me more aware tomorrow. Of what I believe that, you know, I can, I can be a better coach, be more aware and, you know, heighten my senses that, you know, I think are really honed in or really, you know, finely tuned because I've been doing it for so long, but no matter what, I always say there's two millimeters. You could always be better. And I believe that this conversation is going to make me better tomorrow. And I, trust that those that are listening, whether you're a coach, you're going to also be inspired for you to just go in to practice tomorrow um, and or your game or in your in your field and just fine tune what you're already doing. Even if it's already great, you can always do a little better. And if you're a student of the game and or you're a player uh, under the supervision and the coaching of somebody, You'll also benefit from this conversation because you can be more open and authentic to your coach in being able to express what your needs and wants are or based on what your intuition is. Like, you know, these kids at Roger, you mentioned, you know, I think it's really important that you engage them in a conversation. They told you what it is. They weren't embarrassed or they weren't feeling insecure about having that conversation with you. So if you are, you know, a player don't feel insecure. A coach should always be approachable. A coach should always be someone that you can confide in, that you could trust. And if you don't have that kind of relationship with your coach, you should work towards that. And you should do your best to uh, engage that with your coach. Because if you have that, then you're going to have a successful team. I believe if I look back at all the successes that I had in sport and even in life, those that I, you know, were, that I was studying under or that I was coached under, I had the most success under those in which I felt absolutely comfortable to talk to about anything or approach about anything or had a camaraderie that was authentic and real. Would you agree with all that, Raj? 
Again, wholeheartedly. I love that word. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I absolutely do. And it's amazing that some of these guys that I coach, um, they can be more candid with me than they can be with their own dads sometimes, mm. which which the dads <laughs> often say to me, okay, <laughs> who is this child and what did you with, what did you do with my son? Because they right. can't believe <laughs> you know, the, the conversations I can have with them that they just don't have the ability to have. They're good dads. They're very good dads, but they're they're dad, you know, and that's a whole other challenge. I'm not even going to touch that right now. I'm a dad as well. But, you know, one of the one of the things that as far as again, back to practice coach, it's made me a better veterinarian and not because I'm more skilled when I got back. <laughs> I can do surgery just as well as I did yesterday or the day before that or the week before that or the month before that. I can diagnose illness. I can treat illness. That's all the same. What I'm better at is the connection to my clients and my patients. And that enables a better outcome because they are more inclined to follow my recommendations and let me do what I do best because I connect to them better. And there I've always thought of myself as this wonderful people person. And it just just goes, goes to show you that there's always room for improvement. And that can be applicable to every aspect of life. And I think as a coach, it helped me as well. Because as you know, coaching is a giant part of my life. It's, it's. I mean, I'm, I'm coaching a bunch of boys that aren't my kids. And I'm like giddy about it. I cannot wait to for that first face-off. I'm actually going to email this podcast link to all the boys so they know I was talking about them on the Global Podcast. Awesome. And that will inspire them as well. You know, knowing that they're not just part of your life on the field, but they're a part of your life, even outside and that you're thinking of them. Uh, you know, it's a, it being a coach is a, it was a big responsibility. And for you coaches out there, I, I give you a lot of, uh, accommodation and credit for the amount of time and effort and sacrifice and, uh, the, the work that you put into, you know, this process, because it is a process. It's a challenging one, you know, sometimes at best because, you often don't get the results that you hope to get. And it's often, you know, over a long period of time until something clicks. Um, you know, my, my suggestion is don't give up. Keep finding ways of being better. Keep listening to this podcast. Even go out and find other podcasts. Uh, read coaching books. Read books on psychology. Like, you know, I know exercise like the back of my hand. I can train anybody from a, from a three-year-old uh, to a, a 93 year old, uh, you know, or even a 103 year old, uh, and an athlete and everybody like literally, I don't believe that there is one type of person that I can't work with, but what I do now more than I have ever done in my career has made me more successful and has made me more sought out and has given me more internal referrals, which means clients referring other clients is that I go to seminars where I'm learning how to change belief systems and learning to change what's going on inside between your ears rather than exercise programming. Like you said, you know how to, you're not a better uh, technician or a better uh, surgeon. You're better at communicating and relationship building. It's the stuff that, you know, people are made of. And that's what's, I believe, really important in having an effective coaching uh, experience. And let's, let's relate that to a very real world thing. Okay. Um, Bill Belichick. Yeah. I think we all know who he is, right? Giant lacrosse fan, by the way. 
Bill Belichick, yeah. Russell Cross. His, I think his daughter plays and she coaches a col- in college. She's a very good player and she coaches. But Bill Belichick is – I think he'll go down as the most successful football coach in history. This is yeah. a man who, no matter who his personnel is, no matter who gets turned over, even when Tom Brady is sitting on the bench because he's suspended, the, he, the, the man wins. Mm-hmm. And it's got, he's got this concept called the Patriots' way. And the Patriots' way all stems from Bill Belichick. Yes, they love the owner, okay, Bob Kraft, or I think his name is Bob. Bill Kraft. Bill Kraft, sorry. It's okay. He's, he's, he has, I knew he was Kraft something. But um, the bottom line is, yes, he seems like a very magnanimous owner. The, the players are attached to him. But it, is, it, it all flows from Bill Belichick. And we could talk about Deflategate. We could talk about Spygate. We could talk about all the reasons we hate the Patriots. But in the end... They're going to win despite all that stuff. I don't care if the balls are overflated, underflated. I don't care if they're using a ping pong ball. They're going to win. Right? And, right. and that all stems from Bill Belichick. The man is a genius. And if you hear his players talk about him, they are all bought in. He may not be a joy to interact with as far as the media is concerned. He's not into that side of it. But... The glimpses I've gotten with him in action and practice and the way he interacts with his players, it's really something special. Have you ever seen it for yourself? Um, yeah, I have, you know, and I think, I mean, be, I was a football player and, you know, lacrosse was, you, you know, I, I get this question often asked, like, what did I like better, lacrosse or football? You know, to, totally two unique sports. I loved them both. Um, football, there's something, a camaraderie in football that you don't get in lacrosse where you, you got to have 11 players on that field at one particular moment in time when that ball is snapped doing exactly what, they, what they've been taught um, and what they've been practicing in order for a play to be executed. So there's a lot of strategy and a lot, of, a lot to, to make something work and a play work. A lot of people take it for granted. And when I see Belichick um, and other you know, professional uh, football coaches coaching and you know, the staff that they have on the sideline is enormous. You know, you have an offensive coach and a kicking coach and a defensive defensive line coach and a, you know, defensive back coach and an offensive line. I mean, you have, a, you have an entourage of coaches. And the reason why, you know, is because they all have a unique specialty and they have to be focused. And, um, you know, lacrosse is much different because you only have usually one and then maybe an assistant coach. You have 11 people and 11 egos to manage. You know, I think there's more ego in lacrosse than there is in football um, because it is a unique sport. It is and can be an individual sport. You can have one player that shines more than the other 10 players and have a successful team. Um, may not be the best team. If you had all 11 players equally as good, you're going to have a phenomenal team. But there's a lot more ego involved in lacrosse in the, in the sense that you have more individuality and more freedom, so to speak. And that's what we love and I love about that sport uh, is the freedom, uh, you know, that you have, the ability to, to, to do kind of almost instinctively what needs to be done in that moment. You know, even when there's a play going on, uh, you know, you can still have the freedom to sort of to manipulate that time and space to be able to uh, score or defend or, or whatnot. So, yeah, it's pretty amazing to see, you know, and, you know, that um, I don't know, you know, I, I mean, when you see the, the Super Bowl coming up in a few weeks, it, you know, be aware of, of that, you know, like know from an instinctive perspective, like what is being done on that sideline? How is that coach 
you know, Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick how, how, what's he doing in those moments when there's when he's up? Like one thing that I noticed about Belichick is he is his emotional state is always even. He rarely rides his highs high, and he doesn't ride his lows low. Do you notice that about him? Yeah, he always looks equally as annoyed. <laughs> yeah, he, he he just got this calm he, annoyance about him. He always right. looks like and, he's he's a, he's annoyed, but he's never throwing a fit. He's never yelling. He calls no. timeout even calmly. Normally they're jumping up and down. He just does this. Yep. You know, it's it's yeah, everything about I, him is a calm, cool, collected experience. Yeah, and what I like about that Raj is that he sets the tone, right? Because you got guys out there who are playing at you know, in, in states of performance that are beyond what you or I or, you know, most people can ever, ever can imagine. You know, each play is like an extraordinary feat of athletic performance, you know, with tons of energy, you know. And if you have a coach that's also hot-headed, you know, and there's a tremendous amount of, you know, guys out there who are really trying to kill each other. If you've got a coach on the sideline who's jumping around, like who's, you know, completely out of his mind, um, the likelihood of their players to, to follow in that energy is going to be more likely than, you know, if you have someone like a Belichick who's a little more even keel, you know, that's going to carry down too. You know, I, I just, I think that coaches set the standard for emotional states and, physical uh expressions and and how and what you're doing on and off the field so i think it's uh it's really cool to watch that so i think the 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 bottom line here let's talk about the bottom line the the bottom line is as a coach know you must connect you have to build that trust you have to be welcoming the other thing too though is you have to be confident in your recommendation and know that your players want that recommendation they're, you're the coach and they're the player for a reason. You have a body of experience that they don't have. Uh, I'm not saying every great coach had to have played at some point in their life. That's not even true. George Seifert won many Super Bowls with the San Francisco 49ers, never played football. Uh, but he had experienced probably a heck of a lot more games than those guys he was on the field with, including the great Joe Montana, um, just learning from other great coaches. So, Seek the recommendation, trust the recommendation, and give the recommendation because that's your job, <laughs> and your players know that, and that, that, that's all you have to do is connect and recommend, and they will, they will do it. They'll carry it out if they trust you. Great. I, I, I don't have anything else to say. I think that hits nail on the head. So, uh, you know, I, I'm happy that uh, we had this conversation. I'm more excited that it came out organically. Yeah, uh, I think organic it's an awesome. <laughs> yeah, I think it's an awesome topic. And uh, if you have any questions or you, you want uh, any some more coaching tips, uh, you feel free to email us at vieralacrosseandsport.com. Uh, check out the website, and you'll be able to find the email address on the site. Uh, let us know what's going on in your coaching career. If there's any questions, any comments on this podcast, please let us know. Uh, thanks for listening. Raj? Yeah, one last little plug. I'd like to talk about our blogs real quick. You've been blogging quite a bit, trainertothestars.com. Really great Thank stuff you. on there. In fact, I want there's a whole episode that I want to do about one of your 
one of your posts. CrossFit, it's about CrossFit not being for everyone. I think uh, it's yeah. an amazing topic, and I want to. That's a whole show right there. I somebody just recently, somebody just recently asked me what I thought about it on the plane coming back from Park City. Uh, it is a topic that a lot of people are talking about. It's so important. So, it's so important, yeah. especially as it becomes more popular. So I think I'm going to a little teaser for the next episode or, or the next one after that. I'm not sure when that'll be, but definitely in a, in the near future. CrossFit, um, but trainerunderthestars.com. There's such great content there. I've been writing the the creators game. It's creators-game.com, creators-game.com. More lacrosse-specific, more about lacrosse stuff. Steve's is more of an expansive topic, which is just training, sports, lifestyle, even spiritual. You know, just just an amazing, amazing blog to read. I, I, I enjoy every article. So please come interact. Visit the sites. They're interlinked. So you can visit Steve's, visit mine, and they all kind of coalesce into this show. So this is going to be a very cross-topic type of show that's going to flow from those blogs. That'll flow back into the blogs and back into the show. The circle of whatever we want to call it. (laughs) (laughs) We'll figure that out on the next one. We'll figure that out another day. I like where you're going with that, though, too. (laughs) Organic. Organic. Well, thanks for for another great show, my friend. Um, Good luck in California there, and we're going to be speaking soon. Looking forward to it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Lax on, everyone. Sport.